Hello, welcome to Politics, episode number one, coming to you from Indiana on Saturday, January 6th, 2018. At the start of the year, thought I'd start doing a podcast. While we're at it here, I'll go ahead and introduce myself. Uh, my name's Eldon. I'm a student in college. I'm studying informatics, a minor in health systems administration and security. Um, in this podcast, we're talking about mainly tech, politics, and games. Video games is the variety of games we'll be talking about. Um... So, each episode will be divided into three sections, tech, politics, gaming. Each one will be roughly 20 minutes long, depending on the news week, um, is what we're shooting for now. And this will be a shorter podcast, because I've started about halfway through the week gathering news and information, but I've tried to go back through the week and gather up the stuff that I did miss, and put it in here to discuss for this week's news. Um, I plan on recording these on a Saturday, putting them up on Sunday sometime, or Saturday, so you have them for the weekend to listen to and the week um, during work or whatever you, whenever you want to listen to these. Um, after that, we'll just kind of, I'll try and gather news throughout the week as it pops up, go over it on Saturday. So I won't have Saturday's news and then publish it either Saturday or Sunday and then start news collection again on Sunday. So you'll have basically a Sunday through Saturday coverage of the last week's news in the categories of tech, politics, and gaming. Um, as being in America, this will be American politics and nothing else besides that. Uh, tech will be tech from all around the world, and video games will be the stuff that's coming out this week. Patches, new games, old games, um, major things that have happened in the gaming industry at the time, because it's something I enjoy looking at and look at it anyway, so it's not that hard for me to gather information about the games I play and such. So, um, games I play would be kind of just basically, I play a hodgepodge of games, anything from... Grand Theft Auto to Counter-Strike to PUBG to Stardew Valley to Tekken, all that kind of stuff. So I will try and gather news from there. Um, most of my news is coming from sources such as PC Gamer, BBC, uh, NPR, uh, Steam, and their collection of news based on games. Um, get some news from Reddit. I find out about there that I go to the direct source. So sources from Reddit. Um... And it's at our is a nice place to kind of look at a bunch of information as a whole, and then you can go to each source and look at them. Um, so that's what I usually do in Reddit. It's like, oh, in this subreddit, and then click on this. It takes you to a news page, and then you can read through it and validate it for yourself, and if it's something that is seemingly good and reliable news. So that is the plan on this, is to provide reliable news. Um, hopefully, I mean, my advice is going to be in there anyway, but hopefully some kind of a look at how I see things. So, um, first thing we're going to start with is tech, the show will go tech, politics, video games to end it, and then maybe some stuff at the end, such as Q&As, should you have those. Um, so tech, first thing that's been in the news this week is the Intel chip issues. This is something that kind of falls into my kind of area of study that I'm in right now. So basically, um, Intel has a chip, uh, each CPU has kernel data in it, and this data um, stores your computer's passwords and data that only your computer should have access to, and no nothing else, no other program should have access to it or anything like that. Just your computer and your Windows or Mac or whatever operating system. But it's been discovered that um, Intel chips and ARM chips, and basically this affects every chip made within the past 10 years at least, um, certain programs can get access to this data. How they get access to it um, is kind of a convoluted process because it's kind of, you kind of have to understand how CPUs work, but from what I've kind of understood of all the articles that I've read about it is um, that your CPU in the past few years to be to keep boosting CPU speeds up 
and claiming like, oh, your CPU is 4 gigahertz or whatever of processing power, um, your CPU will try and predict what you're going to do next. So let's say I have a habit of going into Chrome and opening up the same two tabs every time. My computer will know this and say, okay, he's going to open Chrome in a second, so we're going to go ahead and prep these tasks and queue them up so we can execute them faster. And when it does this, uh, the computer, the way Intel chips are made, is that opens up the kernel data for some reason. And then that is when you can, that's when viruses such as Spectre and Meltdown, or Meltdown and then Spectre is like a collection of viruses and malware, that is a type of malware, then we'll go in and collect your kernel data that way. So that's where the gap is in the security. That's why you can access it. Now, um, I know Chrome and Firefox, they're going to roll out updates to mitigate against this. Um, I'm assuming major programs will as well. I mean, the same thing goes for all um, normal computer usage, even before this is exploited, um, or not exploited, but um, released to the public more so. Um, just be safe on the internet. Like, you update your antivirus software, update your malware, do scans all the time, or monthly or whatever. You set up your scans to be done, and just kind of don't go on sketchy sites, obviously. That's how you get a virus. But um, then Intel came out with a statement and saying basically everything's working as it should, which kind of is like, eh, not really. I mean, yeah, you did design the chip that way, but you didn't intend for it to be exploited this way, and you didn't intend for that data to be accessed. And if you did, then you're kind of selling a false product to the consumers, and that shouldn't be allowed. So, and the sad thing is, the only way, this isn't like a software issue that's like, oh, we'll roll out patches and you'll be fine in the next couple weeks once we have a patch ready and you, we send them out to all the different CPU models. Um, sorry about that, by the way. I had a bit of a stuffy nose there for a second. But, so it's not a patch, it's an actual issue with the hardware, which is like the worst issue you can possibly have in a computer. Because at that point, there's nothing you can do to just fix it. You have to take the piece that's out, so in this case the CPU, throw it away and get a new one. Or recycle it or whatever you do with your old, old hardware. And the fact that this affects like CPUs that are tens of years old at this point is something that's like every computer basically that's out right now for the most part will need a new CPU if they want to get around this issue. And grant and then basically so to resolve this issue what Intel will probably do and the other CPU manufacturers is they will basically roll out something that gets rid of this predictive um, guessing. So the basically the thing that speeds up your CPU. And depending on your CPU model, you could see like very big drops in performance because of this. Um, I mean, you're sitting there, that's the reason your CPU works so fast now compared to what it used to, is because it predicts what you're going to do. And the learning is so far in that, and they've put so much time into that, that it can't really be undone and then without noticing a big performance hit. And granted, you could have a CPU that doesn't use that that often, such as kind of, I think, I don't think the Xeon processors and some of the um, larger like core processors, the higher number core processors, don't do this as much because they have more to work with. But some of the, like the small like quad cores, like the i5 and the i3, will probably be taking a big processing hit because of this. And that's not something you really want to be giving to consumers. And I mean, it's been hit just recently. Apple confirmed that their CPUs are vulnerable as well. So I mean, I don't think there's a single safe CPU out there that's been made in the past 10 years just because of this. And basically, no one saw this. I don't know why no one saw this. I'm not a CPU engineer that makes um, CPUs for a living, but I'm sure there's some reason it's overlooked, and it's kind of like bugs in games, really. It's like you're playing a game, and you play it the way you made it to be played, 
and then you don't know that it's there's like a bug in it until someone plays it and finds it and i'm sure that's what's happened here is they just kind of thought about it. they're like yeah this is a very efficient way to make a cpu and this improves processing power and i'm sure they just over skip that one little step that happens just like like that and then it's open so now that'll be an issue and from what i've heard some of the um, viruses that can get into your kernel data will be found like can be embedded in a website which is kind of the scariest thing because you can go to any website websites can be made in minutes so and seem as reliable as anything it'd be amazed like how quickly you can make a website that looks somewhat decent and somewhat reputable but enough about that um another thing that's happening in the tech industry is um oh, the chrome update by the way for the um to the mitigation against uh, meltdown inspector viruses is for chrome data to roll out on the 23rd of january is when it's um dedicated or not dedicated said to be released in the next so in the next couple weeks is when we can expect a release um so i would be going through it now if i were you just updating your antivirus updating your malware updating your web browsers and then going through and doing um re regular malware checks in the next few weeks um kind of like one a week or so and that'll kind of help keep your um computer clean and make sure that you're not getting anything that you didn't know about in your downloads so um ajit pai we all know who he is um the man that sits in the chair of the FCC, the head of the FCC, um, was going to go to CES. I believe he has gone the past five years to the um, tech convention and has been in attendance. And he has canceled his appearance this um, coming week due to um, death threats. Um, he was going to, which is kind of, eh, yeah, I wouldn't want to go there either had I had that happen to me. But um, he was going to host an open floor debate about net neutrality and why it was repealed and why people think it shouldn't be repealed, which I think is kind of a wonderful idea. Like, as much as I hate the guy, like, having an open floor debate is a good thing to do because it kind of gets people, I don't know if he'll listen to the things people have to say, he'll probably just say no, no, no about them considering he was the one behind all this. But um, having an open floor debate is a good idea, but um, now that that's been kind of pushed aside, I don't know what we're going to do about that. I'm assuming the event is going to be canceled and he will not be in attendance, like it says. Um, but other than that, um, that's about all she wrote there. Um, as far as other tech-related news, this week has been rather slow week, apart from the Intel Spectre thing that's been taking up the majority of the um, news right now in the tech industry. Um, as of right now, I'm looking at the BBC page here. Um, coolest tech at CES, that'll be a big thing next week. We'll be us talking about the CES stuff. Um, yeah, not a whole lot... I mean, Oh, the YouTube stuff, that's another thing. Um, we all know about Logan Paul and his stupid moves. But um, yeah, I saw this on Reddit the other day. It's on the BBC now, too. Um, the white noise video. Somebody uploaded a 10-hour video, video of just white noise. So just like TV static is what it is, for those that are old enough to know about TV static. Um, just like that kind of stuff with some like little flashing black, white, and gray pixels um, on the screen. And this video received five copyright claims like, you can't copyright just white noise, I don't think. Because <laughs> you can't actually control it. You can't actually, like, and the, the worst thing was it had little picked out segments of, like, one to two minutes in the video where someone had claimed copyright. Like, yes, this section of white noise is mine. And white noise is all just basically indistinguishable noise. It's not like somebody playing an instrument in a certain way to make a song. It's just white noise as it is. And that's, YouTube has gone in the toilet the past few weeks. But other than that, not a whole lot, not even the past few weeks, past few years, it has really gone downhill. 
and it's sad to see that because some of my favorite people I've watched videos of and watch on Twitch have wonderful YouTube channels and they're just getting beaten by YouTube because they don't make them enough money. So YouTube will probably die in the next year or so is what I'm seeing and I'm seeing a big migration over to Twitch which is a wonderful thing. I do like Twitch but live is not for some people. I understand that so hopefully somebody will come out with a wonderful platform that used to be the YouTubes of the days of yore um, of yesteryear and such. So this is bringing us up to about, oh, the 12-minute mark right now. So not a whole lot in the tech department. So we'll go ahead and move on to the Department of Politics, which is always a fun one, especially for me. I always enjoy looking at what the Donald has said in the latest, latest and greatest. As of now, one of the funniest things that happened during the week was the Trump button tweet. Um, the tweet was, um, let me pull it up here on the computer monitor. Um, where is it? It was... Here it is. Um, the tweet is, and I quote, North Korean leader Kim Jong-un just stated that the nuclear button is on his desk at all times. Will someone from his depleted and food-starved regime please inform him that I, too, have a nuclear button, but it is a much bigger and more powerful one than his, and my button works, end quote. So that was tweeted by Donald on the 2nd of January, 2018. And <laughs> we have a man for president who is of the age of at least 70. Um, let me see how old the Donald is these, year, these years. Um, Donald, age 71. So... I mean, age 71 is acting like a 12-year-old on Twitter. Just, he's just arguing with a world leader, which is not, personally, not something that you should be advocating or doing as the leader of the leader of free peace. I mean, free democracy and peace and all, world peace and all that. You should not be fighting like a 5- or 12-year-old on Twitter with a, a leader. Um, granted, North Korea isn't like the most loved place in the world then it's not going to make a huge impact people aren't really going to care that much but it is a official statement from the president i mean most people probably view his tweets as official statements because it is his his own account and everything he's tweeted is coming from him there's no evidence to suggest that it's some writer in the back room who's gotten into his twitter account and is just tweeting stuff that seems like donald trump twitter so this these are all coming from the mouth of him so they are official statements as i would consider them um the latest thing um, is the book, the Trump book that was is going to be that was released yesterday by Michael Wolff, Fire and Fury inside the Trump White House. Um, earlier this week, before they pushed printing even quicker, um, one of Trump's lawyers threatened to cease and desist um, letter to Michael Wolff and the publishers to like stop the publishing of the book because it was apparently falsified and full of lies. Um, but a book, it's basically a book that, from what I've seen, it's a book containing quotes from previous Trump staff and previous Trump colleagues. And essentially Trump is just saying, it's a bunch of lies, it's fake, as he usually does. And this is, this kind of pushes me over kind of the Trump edge. Like, I'm not a fan of the guy to start with, but if you look at it, it's, he's trying to stop a book being published that is criticizing him. And, like... That's all it is. It's criticisms based on him, and it's it's citing different sources from previous staff and such like that. And I'm sure he has staff that are saying, oh, yeah, the best man in the world, Donald Trump. But the fact it's citing staff 
And he's saying, he's basically slandering his staff by saying, yeah, whatever they're saying, it's fake. They're just making it up. And I don't know how many staff accounts are in the book. I haven't read the book yet. I plan to pick it up soon, though, just to kind of read it for my own amusement. And I'll kind of, if I read it this week, I'll give you guys kind of a summary of what I found on it. And I'll kind of highlight some parts and bring it up in the politics section of the next episode. But he's basically just slandering his previous employees that he hired or that someone he's paid someone to hire because he's just saying, yeah, they're lying. They don't know me. They're saying fake things about me because they don't like me because I fired them in the past. Um, because I didn't like them, or whatever they want to say, or whatever Donald wants to say about them. And this is kind of just like someone that's trying to censor, basically censor a book that's coming out about them kind of doesn't put me in a comfortable position because what, if you look at all the leaders that have like censored books about them, it's not a glorious list. It's the people like Stalin. It's people like Hitler. It's the people that have like done very kind of eh, tedious things um it's not people that you want to really mingle with or be a part of their list shall we say um yeah censoring books is not a not a good thing to be doing especially when you're the one censoring them about yourself um you, you can choose to ignore it and testify against the book all he wants but try attempting to block the book is not something that was a wise move on his part or his staff's part um, the book did sell out, um, according to one news article, it sold out within minutes of the midnight release in a DC bookstore, which does not surprise me at all. It's a probably a rather sought-after book, shall we say. I'm, wait, I'm still, I'm going to pick up a copy at the local Barnes & Noble here and um, give it a read and then just save it and then let my kids read through it when they're of age. Um, so that's a thing that happened in the Trump book. Um, another thing, um, expansion of the oil mining in the oceans. Um, Donald is planning a um, five-year plan right now to expand oil drilling in the oceans. Um, mainly, this is going to be targeting the art, the um, continental shelves around California and Maine, where um, construct like where oil rig construction has been blocked for many years, for decades even. And this is um, I'm not like super like save the oceans, man, but like you should like take care of your environment. Granted, um, for sure. I'm not going to say like, oh, if you do this right, you can't, if you, you can't do this at all, even if you do it right. I'm not saying that. Um, I'm not that kind of person. Like if you want to get something out, like a resource out of there, as long as you do it cleanly, efficiently, and don't like do a bunch of destruction or like very much, like I get you're going to like hit the couple things or whatever, but as long as you don't destroy the entire like area around you, I'm kind of fine with it for the most part because you have to harvest resources and I understand that. But he's going to open it up, and in the next five, within the next five years, kind of he's going to roll out kind of more legislation to kind of push it and and allow it to happen. Um, the thing that gets me is he wants to become like an oil giant per se. Like he wants the U.S. to kind of become a larger um, oil producer than what we already are. And let me see if I can find the article that I found. I forgot to link this one in my little outline here. But, um, basically, I believe that's the movie he's trying to go for, is just to try and increase the U.S. oil, which I, I kind of understand, but at the same time, I really don't, because right now we're just fine on oil. Like, we're getting, like, gas isn't too high and all that. And I, I believe this is going to just call for a push and a too fast of a construction in the areas that were protected around Maine and California on that fault line, like on the 
Outer Continental Shelf fault um, area where they're going to be drilling a lot. And what's going to happen is over the next five years, the second they get the release out to um, say, yeah, you're good to go. And you can start building these platforms and start drilling. What's going to happen is all these companies like BP and Exxon and all this are going to rush out there. And they're going to construct their platform as quickly as possible because they don't want this to be reversed and changed. Because the thing about a five-year plan is he's only in office for four years. So, and one of those years has already gone by. We're on year, th we, we're on, we have one year down and three to go. So five years, that leaves two into the next presidency. And Donald probably will not win the next presidency if we're all being honest here. Um, so we're going to end up with people that are mid-construction or late construction trying to hurry up and process this before the, before it gets repealed, if it does get repealed, and get, if this goes through, if it gets repealed after that, per se. And they're going to be trying to get this as fast as possible. And when you're trying to do stuff as fast as possible, especially in this stuff, that's when you end up with large catastrophic events. Like the BP oil spill, that was just happening. But when you're going to do something like this, you'll end up with something that's equally or more devastating than that. And that's cleanup is still going on for that many years later because that happened in 2008, maybe. Uh, let's have a look here on the old interwebs. When did the BP oil spill happen? Tuesday, April 20th, 2010. So 2010 was when the Deepwater Horizon oil spill occurred. Um, so that's been seven years, and it's still kind of it's still happening. Um, and that was just a matter of like the thing, an explosion happening and it sinking, but um, it was um, a final cement seal an oil well in the Gulf of Mexico failed, causing what has been called the worst environmental disaster in U.S. history, and taking the lives of 11 rig workers for 87 straight days. Oil and methane gas spewed from the uncapped wellhead one mile below the surface of the ocean. And that's a CNN quote right there from 2015, um, April 20th, 2015 is when that one uh, occurred. That's tw five years after is what I was talking about. And when you're trying to rush stuff like this, it's a major construction project and you're just going to end up messing something up. Cause it's like, it takes one detail for something to go horribly wrong, especially when you're in like building that kind of construction. And I feel like if he pushes this through hard enough and it goes through, people are going to rush the gun and they're going to start constructing as fast as possible. They're going to miss something. And we're probably going to have another BP like disaster on our hands. Um, which is not something I want. Um, the Clinton Foundation is being reinvestigated. Um, basically, um, same old story, same thing. Uh, supposed policy favors in exchange for money and donations. So basically, some people were donating a lot of money, saying, if we donate this much money, we'll donate this if you have a stance like this. So if you try and push this kind of policy through, we'll give you this amount of money. And that is not right. I mean, ever since money has been in politics, politics has gone terribly awry. And has become more about getting the profits than supporting your constituents, which is a whole other issue that people feel certain ways on. I personally hate that money's in politics. I think it should be just barred entirely. And campaign funds should just be kind of collected. I mean, just door-to-door collections of campaign funds, as far as I care. And you shouldn't be able to dictate, oh, since I gave you $500 for this election... Uh, next in the next two years when you run again, I'm not going to give you $500 unless you propose this legislation. Um, people should have the moral ground to say, yeah, I don't need the $500. I'll just go on without it. Um, I get elected based on my views alone, which is how it should be, because if you're a elected 
official from your area, you should best represent the views of the majority of the population that is in your constituent area, which is what it's supposed to be, but oftentimes it ends up being about money. Um, so the Clinton Foundation is being reinvestigated again. Um, same old reasons, same thing. That's happened many times before. Um, I don't really read too far into that one because every time I see Clinton Foundation reinvestigated, I kind of just look at it and say, this is the same reason it's happening again. Nice. Um, not really a fan of Clinton, to be honest. I don't really didn't really like her policies. I didn't like any of the policies when the um, 2016 election rolled around, but whatever. One of them won, one of them didn't. I can't really do much about it besides that. Um, I just kind of say what I feel on here, on the podcast. Um, we might end up making this a half hour, 45 minute podcast, judging by the time frame that I'm looking at right now, because we are 24, 25 minutes in right now, and I've already gone through two thirds of my information. So we'll probably make this a 30 minute podcast, to 30, 30 to 45 minutes, I don't know, however far it runs for this week's news. We'll say that. How's about that? Um, gaming. Uh, we're into the gaming section already. Um, Paladins BR has released a, um, or Paladins is going to release a, um, Battle Royale style game, um, in the next, in the coming year. Um, this will be called Battlegrounds, um, woo, um, can't figure out where that one came from, but Paladins is basically going to keep in their, like, abilities that are in Paladins. I've never played the game myself, so I c- I kind of understand that's kind of like an Overwatch, like a free-to-play kind of Overwatch, kind of like Fortnite is to um, PUBG, uh, Paladins is to Overwatch. It's kind of like a kind of, it's a different kind of take on the six-player or five-player um, hold-the-point FPS kind of game. I played Overwatch a little bit, so I kind of understand what it is. But they're going to keep the hero abilities in there and drop... 100 players into a map that is supposedly 300 times the size of a normal Paladins map. Having never played the map, I don't know how big it is, but I'm assuming it's probably roughly the size of either... It's probably between... It's probably about the size of Fortnite's, I would assume. Um, I don't know if this is going to be free-to-play or not. I would assume so, since Paladins itself is free-to-play. And I'm assuming there's going to be microtransactions in it, because that's the only way to free-to-play money. Free-to-play game makes money. It's with microtransactions. And, and kind of just advertising in the game um so after that that'll be interesting to see how that turns out um so battle royale games kind of as a whole start out with kind of PUBG to start with which is kind of just a buggy mess which it is still a fun game to play i still play it occasionally with some friends and it is a very wonderful game to play so long as you don't interact with any of those bugs um and then after pub came out fortnite came out I haven't liked Fortnite that much. Um, it's not really the, I don't care about the free-to-play model or like the art style. It's just the fact that there's no like good way to kind of like aim. Like I understand. Like I've played C. I've played CS for a lot. I played it a few. I played it for a few years. I think I played it for probably five years. Um, and I understand like the hip fire kind of shooting and stuff like that. But as for the um, kind of third person with it is kind of just throws me off for some reason but other than that it is a fun game to play i've played it on console a few times and it's not too terribly bad i do like it but eh, it's it's a medium for, it's like a five out of ten for me like i like it occasionally sometimes i don't i like it i don't it's weird I feel like donald right there i like it but i don't i don't like it but i do kind of thing um but then mad cats um is coming back the old gaming peripheral maker from yesteryear 
for those of us that own PS2s and the older, remember Mad Cats probably for making those nice cheap controllers, like the little transparent ones that like lit up blue or whatever. Um, I had one of those. Um, they're coming back. They're announcing um, some of their line, their product line at CES this upcoming week. Um, as far as I can tell, they are going to announce a keyboard, mouse, and mouse pad from what I saw. Maybe some like controllers and stuff as well. I'm not sure about that. After that, though, um, CES will be interesting. Uh, I'll give you guys a rundown of CES and kind of what I saw there and what are not going, but what I've seen articles about, um, some of the larger tech stuff that'll be there, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, CES is also going to um, show off the Shadow, is what it's called. Um, basically, the Shadow is a kind of cloud gaming type of thing so you would rent a server or a gaming pc off into a server farm and then after that you would basically plug a device into your tv and that would decode the file that's coming in and display it to your tv so essentially what they're doing is you're gonna pay x amount of dollars i think it's like 50 for a base contract or whatever um, it's 420 for a year with the cheapest options. So, like, if you get whatever plan they have, I think it's 50 a month if you don't go for the cheapest options. And you put it's 420 a year. So basically, what you're getting is you're getting a gaming rig that a virtual gaming rig over there. So it's basically a big server that has multiple cores and CPUs dedicated in it, multiple GPUs. And I think the specs on them are a dedicated virtual PC. So you get a Xeon quad-core 12 uh, processor running it. I think a Xeon runs it 2 point something or whatever. Um, 12 gigs of RAM and a 1080 equivalent card because they get a special like manufacturer card from NVIDIA. So you don't basically they're pitching that you don't ever have to worry about upgrades on your PC, which are kind of ex which are expensive, granted. Because I think my computer that's sitting down there right now that you might be able to hear is around $1,500. It's got a i5-6700K in it, a 1070, and uh, 16 gigs of RAM, and an Asus um, Z170A motherboard in it. And I've got a kind of nice case in it, and i got a H100i radiator in it, whatever else, and some SSDs and hard drives, of course, to store all this stuff. But, so mine is about $1,500 in whole. So this is like, them saying, "Oh, you want to? You don't want to pay that much money, but we'll just charge you fifty a month, and you can rent one of our servers, and you can plug it into your, you can set it up on your TV. So what you do is you rent that, then you get a device. It can be a phone, a laptop, a computer, a console. I think maybe even uh, to decode the file that they send you, so the video stream that they send you, and it goes to your TV. It's as simple as that, is what they say. So you download an app, and then it streams it, basically. So it's basically, you play a game on your couch, and then it streams it to the thing, and then it comes back. Um, for us people, they did a trial in France, I think, and it worked pretty well over there, from what I heard. Like, they filled up all their servers and stuff like that with people that rented it and stuff like that. I find that kind of... I mean, I'm sure France has better internet infrastructure than what we do here in America, which is kind of the issue I'm getting ready to get to. The issue with cloud, why it hasn't taken off already, is no one provides high-speed internet everywhere. Like, the best places to have this would be, I think they're doing a test in California right now because they have a server that's, like, the only, like, single server they have in America is in Santa Clara, California. So they're doing it in California, and I think California has pretty good internet infrastructure. 
but they're going to miss out on most of America because most of America has pretty trash internet. And the fact that you're streaming data like that to is going to be one of the hardest things. I think they'll figure it out pretty quick because a lot of people are going to experience lag in their games and stuff like that, which will be rather bad because playing competitive games like I have for a few years, you kind of learn to hate lag and like, it's like milliseconds make a difference. That's why ping is like such a key thing in games. And I feel like it's going to ruin their model, honestly. They do have a um, little like, uh, what is it? It's called like a blade or whatever, like a shadow blade or whatever it's called. And that kind of acts, you can rent that for $10 a month and it you can plug peripherals into it. And it kind of acts like a console that decodes the video for you from their thing and whatever else. You can rent it for 10 a month or you can buy it outright for 140 or whatever and i feel like the internet just won't be able to keep up with it like you won't be able to stream it at a constant rate quick enough unless you guys have like de rather decent internet which will be the sad thing um it is a good idea i do like the idea but i feel like it's only gonna work in, in like small bunches where you where internet infrastructure is really good which is kind of a sad thing. And if you try and do VR on it, it sounds like it's VR-capable um, hardware, uh, you'll just get motion sick real quick because there'll be an input lag on your head, and that's what causes your motion sickness. Is like you moving your head and then the screen moving with you, and it's not tracking you properly. That's what causes motion sickness. So VR won't be an option on this. Competitive games won't be an option because there'll be too big of a, of a response time between the user, the, the user, the server, and then back to the TV. So there'll be too big of a response time for that, I feel like. But that's up to the consumer to decide if that works or not. And I personally will not be getting one, obviously, as I have a rather nice um, local PC here. Their pitch is like, if you can't afford a local PC, you can get this. But the fact that it costs $420 a year, you can buy a rather good graphics card for $420. I think my 1070 was around 450 when I got it. Maybe less, 400, 450. It was somewhere in that range, I'm pretty sure. And that's a pretty top-of-the-line card right now. It's not Granted, it's not like top, top-of-the-line, but it's second best if you don't consider the Titan a gaming card, really. I mean, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, CES next week. Um, next week will be... Um, the episode will be recorded, most likely, on the... 13th is when the episode already recorded and then it should go live on the either the same day or the 14th i think we'll try and cut these podcasts down to 30 to 45 minutes is what it's looking like especially with this kind of news um next week might be a bigger news week we'll just play it by ear how long the podcasts are and see what kind of news comes up but this was a kind of slow week it seemed like in news and since it was kind of the new year and all that i'm sure news will pick up next week once everybody gets back to work and gets going so Next week looks like CES is coming up. Um, nothing major in the politics world as far as I can tell. Um, the same old, same old stuff. Tech, um, gaming, well, again, will be CES along with, like, just, like, tech. Um, that's about it. Um, E3 is coming up in, I think, a few months. E3 will be up here. Um, we can do Winter Olympics. We can talk about those when those happen in February. Even though it doesn't really fit anywhere, we'll kind of talk about them just for fun and see how everybody's doing in good old South Korea. So, thank you for listening to this podcast of Politics, episode number one. I hope you'll join us again, and thank you for listening to the number one source of tech, politics,
politics and gaming, even though we're not number one because no one has listened to this yet, except maybe you. So thanks for listening. Hope to see you again next week, and have a good day, afternoon, evening, or whatever else you may be listening to. Good night.